Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory. If you haven't already subscribed, please catch us wherever you love to listen to your podcast, from the Relevant Radio app to Apple, YouTube, you name it, we are there. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to go and give us a five-star review to help other people discover the podcast. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. I've been teasing it since yesterday, sharing with you that I have some exciting news to share with you. A few months ago, it was just days actually before Easter. This is actually the second time. It was a Wednesday of Holy Week. Uh, My husband and I found out that we're actually expecting another baby. Our second baby is I shouldn't say expecting. Our second baby is here, but not due uh, for a birthday until December. I know everyone might be laughing, wondering if they're counting. Wait, wasn't your first child due in December? Yes, indeed. Uh, my little girl is a year and a half, and she was born in December. And ironically enough, you know, sometimes due dates float. My due date is actually the same again on her birthday. Uh, so must be something about finding out that we're expecting a baby. On Wednesday of Holy Weeks, again, this is the second time we found out we were expecting a baby on Wednesday of Holy Week, and second time possibly we might have a December 20th baby. We are so excited and so grateful, and I've been really, really excited to share the news uh, with so many who have been, I know, spent time praying for me and for my husband and for our journey. If you don't know, I've shared it before and there's a link to it on my Instagram, uh, in my Instagram bio and we'll post a link online as well. I've actually shared a little bit of my fertility story and I want to just share a little bit of it now again and we'll talk about more of it in the weeks to come and days to come as well because I know that fertility is a huge struggle in our modern day culture. We could get into a lot of the causes for infertility or fertility struggles, uh, but I am so grateful and so blessed. I've shared before that I have uh, Hashimoto's disease, which is a hyperactive thyroid disease, as well as polycystic ovarian syndrome and run extremely low on progesterone, which you need good amount of progesterone in order to conceive a baby and sustain a pregnancy, sustain keeping that baby right where the baby needs to be. And when we were, you know, hopeful about having a baby, I'd been told for years, even before I got married, that it was going to be difficult for me. And when we finally had diagnosis of what was going on with my autoimmune disorders, which I didn't find out exactly what was happening until uh, until after actually we got married, um, we, you know, knew that with Hashimoto's disease that your body can attack a baby and put you at high risk for miscarriage. And with polycystic ovarian syndrome, um, that it would just be harder to conceive a baby. So we had kind of two things going against us in addition to tons of food allergies. At one point, I had over 30 food allergies and was really struggling through that. Now it's down to about five after, you know, I've gone through a lot of healing and change of lifestyle. And I am just so grateful because 
Although everything from NAPRO technology, which you know I'm a huge advocate for, if you don't know what NAPRO technology, it stands for natural procreation and it's a uh, school of medicine that people are proficient in, people such as Dr. Susan Caldwell and others who have been regular guests here, Teresa Kenny and others, uh, or practice and it helps women to treat underlying health causes that are impacting fertility. It's real answers to our health issues as women rather than putting a band-aid of contraception uh, or any other medication that doesn't help fix the problem uh, but sometimes can make it worse and I was told for years by multiple doctors oh you know you should just try taking birth control that'll help with some of your issues and thankfully I knew about the negative side effects of hormonal birth control and said no thank you politely and sometimes schooled them on why they shouldn't be using hormonal birth control. But our NAPRO uh, technology uh, physicians were a huge help in my journey. We had been seeing a NAPRO physician for about, mm, I think about nine months by the time I was able to conceive our baby, our first baby. And then we also, I remember probably about two, three weeks before um, we were able to get pregnant with our first baby girl, we had the priest who married us over for dinner and we're all sitting there talking and he brings up, you know, what's going on? Why haven't you had you know children yet? You know, very respectfully, not aggressively or anything or rudely, because I know sometimes, especially if you've, you know, waited to have a child or known that fertility might be an issue. Uh, people can be really rude with what they say. And I'd heard a lot of rude things said to me about uh, children, especially, you know, things I remember one uh, family member, extended family member said, you know, I just hope that, you know, whatever's wrong with you is fixed so you can just have babies. And they said it just very aggressively, like as if I was the problem. And I know so often women who struggle with fertility think that, well, I'm the problem. They blame themselves and they get down on themselves and the things people say are just so rude. Well, anyways, uh, the priest that married us was over at our home and he was asking, you know, gently and respectfully what was going on. I shared with him about my struggle with Hashimoto's disease and polycystic ovarian syndrome and that we were hopeful uh, to have a child, but we're really at peace as well with God's will that, you know, we didn't have, I didn't have any anxiety and I didn't have baby fever, although my husband definitely had some baby fever uh, for sure. And all of a sudden, I remember father saying, I'll be right back. And I said, oh, okay. Like, I just shared something kind of serious with him. Thankfully, I'm in a good, you know, mental state that I'm not really, you know, upset or perturbed by the situation. And he comes back and he brings, you know, this bag with him. And he says, okay, are you ready? I'm going to give you anointing of the sick. And I remember I was absolutely flabbergasted because so often we think of anointing of the sick for someone who's on their deathbed or about to go through a major, uh, possibly a life-threatening surgery. And my producer just said, of course you don't, didn't have baby fever. You don't even like kids. I, I like my child and I like well-behaved children. Uh, but yeah, I'm not a fan of poorly behaved children. Anyways, I digress. I'm getting distracted over here. So father comes back with a, a bag and he says, okay, are you prepared? I'm going to give you anointing of the sick. And again, you know, we think of anointing of the sick for someone who's on their deathbed or you know, about to go through something life-threatening 
And you know, out of respect and obedience for Father, I wasn't going to deny him um, him giving me the sacrament. But I kept thinking, really, me? You know, I, I in my mind, I kind of my initial reaction was, I'm just having a difficult time having a baby. But then, as I had time over the weeks and months after that, I was able to realize it's not just having a baby like that's part of what we're created for as human beings is to procreate it's the one of the first things god says to adam and eve to the first human beings and we learn about human anthropology by reading the genesis of the human person by reading genesis chapter one and two and he tells Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. This is written into our bodies. It's what our bodies are made for. And so naturally, if there's a difficulty in having a child, you know, something is occurring that's stymieing, that's getting in the way of having children. And so I received anointing of the sick that day. And I can tell you, even to this day, I ponder, you know, what's the significance of receiving that sacrament? Uh, Well, my story is within a couple weeks, we conceived our baby girl, we, I received anointing of the sick and we were praying a novena to St. Joseph and praying for a baby and peace and God's will was part of that leading up to his feast day. And you do the math and call my first baby girl, um, our St. Joseph baby, born on December 20th. Uh, but I received anointing of the sick and I can tell you so much of my story. God is so good between ner- working with our NAPRO physicians, working with healthy eating, uh, receiving anointing of the sick. My polycystic ovarian syndrome is uh, dormant, not active. Uh, we've reversed it and I'm not having signs of it right now because of healthy eating and good supplementation. And my Hashimoto's disease uh, is has is not active right now. And so this second baby is cooking. We're so excited uh, to meet our second baby due in December. Ask for prayers. I do struggle with low progesterone, but praise God for our NAPRO physicians. So they've been really helping over the last few months to keep my progesterone levels up because I was uh, kind of on the verge of struggling with a potential miscarriage. But praise God, again, NAPRO physicians help people to get pregnant and help people to sustain their pregnancies, especially when they have underlying health issues like I have had uh, that makes babies a little difficult. And so we're going to post a link on social media to our NAPRO physicians just as a link. And I also encourage people, you know, if you are working through your fertility journey to prayerfully consider and reach out to your pastor about possibly receiving the anointing of the sick. Remember, God truly does do miracles and so much of salvation history has to do with miraculous births of women who otherwise thought they wouldn't have children.